Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 67 of Brews Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the United States. I'm your host, Brian. Happy and humbled to bring you another round of episodes featuring another great Brews Less Traveled city. And this month's city is none other than I, I didn't I couldn't find a nickname for the city. I, I usually make a nickname joke here and I can't do it. It's none other than Salt Lake City, Utah, as you can see behind us. Hello, the people joining the live stream, watchers, beer club subscribers. How's it going? I'm super, super excited to be joined by my co-host for this month. Who knows a thing or two about the SLC beer scene? Please join me in welcoming my good friend, fellow Pittsburgher and wonderful co-worker, Molly Sutter. Molly, how's it going? Hey, Brian, going super, super well. Super excited to uh, be part of this here and uh, chat all things Salt Lake. I am so happy to have you here. I know your your beer background, but for the listeners at home, do you want to tell us about your background with beer, your relationship with beer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would love to. You know, actually, it was a little late to the whole beer game. You know, uh, I feel like when everyone kind of has those uh, pinnacle college years slugging down some uh, good old bush lattes and what have you. Um, I was just kind of wandering around with like the cheap and worst vodka you could possibly find. And luckily enough, I started working at a local bar after school and it was a craft beer bar and had about 40 taps and my entire outlook on beer changed. You know, I realized that there's this whole wide world out there. There's a lot of flavors, a lot of different styles, and uh, really kind of just developed a better relationship, you know, with craft beer from working with those guys from there, you know, really just uh, weaseled my way into working with different breweries. And for some reason, they always gave me a job. So I uh, <laughs> really, really thankful for that. And, you know, now here we are and been with uh, City Brew Tours uh, has really opened up my eyes to the uh, craft brew scene all throughout the country here. Yeah, you you mentioned it there, but you want to tell everybody at home a little bit more about your role with our sister brand, uh, City Brew Tours? So with our sister brand, City Brew Tours, I am one of their tour operations coordinators. And just a really fun and fancy way of saying that I get to organize uh, where all of you lovely humans can go and take a tour with us. So I oversee our uh, operations in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Ohio, Portland, Oregon, and then Salt Lake City. So, you know, uh, luckily enough, being able to travel to all of those areas, getting to meet really, really cool people, obviously getting to drink amazing beer, which is awesome. It's been great so far doing it now for a year and, and some change. So excited to see where it keeps going. I definitely asked you to co-host because you run um, our operations in Salt Lake City. But I also have a well-documented bias for people and things in places related to Pittsburgh. So I'm happy to have another fellow Pittsburgher hosting the show with me for this month. Absolutely. Shout out to all our new beer club members joining us for the first time this month. How you doing? You make this show happen. Also, big shout out to our marketing team for the awesome beer club inclusions this month. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, should we get into it? Just really start... Uh... Start chatting about what we're going to drink today. This is uh, part of the reason why I signed on for this, Brian. So 
Yeah. So uh, here today, guys, to really kick off our Salt Lake month of fun, if you will, we have two beers here from Salt Fire Brewing. Uh, we have their 10, 10, oh boy, ready for this, 10 uh, ton truck IPA. And it. then their uh, Dirty Chai Stout as well. So uh, really excited to test these out here. Two great beers. And we're going to have a good friend and familiar face joining us today. But more on that in a minute. Molly, what do you say we uh, get into this 10-ton truck? I think that's an excellent idea, Brian. Hello, everyone at home. I am I am just happy to be back from vacation. That's a lie. I'm not happy to be back from vacation. I'm happy that vacation went well. I'm happy to be here on the stream with all our lovely, wonderful beer club subscribers and hello to all the listeners at home or on the road or on a treadmill or wherever you may be listening to our wonderful podcast cheers to you like uh molly mentioned we have our 10 ton truck the first beer that we're featuring from our friends at salt fire brewing company this is a west coast style ipa um in the land of new england ipas and and big juicy boys we have a nice, crisp, classic West Coast IPA. I probably should have said cheers before I sipped that. I had every intention of sipping that and then saying cheers. And that's just, that's not how you do a toast. That's just really not uh, good manners of me. So this is tasting wonderful. I don't, I'm actually, oh, it's right on the side of the can here. I uh, it didn't get it from my research before, but this wonderful West Coast IPA is brewed with uh, CTZ, Amarillo, and Citra hops. For those that don't know, CTZ is kind of a um, catch-all term for three different names for the same type of hop. CTZ stands for Columbus, Tomahawk, and Zeus. And depending on who owns the contract for that, they may call it Columbus, they may call it Tomahawk, they may call it Zeus, and they may call it CTZ. I don't understand the whole branding thing behind that but it's a wonderful hop it's one of the most used hops in the brewing industry and amarillo and citra really complement it well you know amarillo is kind of known for um a, a lemony citrusy character and then of course citra is the orange king or really queen because hops uh, are female plants that we use it's tasting wonderful and in a land of uh you know juicy big new england ipas this classic west coast ipa is just so refreshing yeah this is what i would go for you know like hands down if i'm drinking an ipa i want i want this but you know there's definitely like i get those juicy tones to it still you know if you're a big uh yep. new england guy you would you would still very much enjoy enjoy this brew too yeah there's nice juiciness in the in the body of the taste and then there's that crisp classic dry west coast ipa finish that just rounds it out so well mm-hmm yeah, this is delicious. Molly, we, we kind of buried the lead. You know, you you do uh, run our tour operations for City Brew Tours in the wonderful city of Salt Lake City. But you're actually going there next week and are going to be joining us for next week's episode from there. And I just wanted to say uh, shout out to the local visitors bureau in Utah because they gave us some maps. As part of our beer inclusions, these maps are wonderful. Shows you all the hotspot areas around Utah. Molly, where where are you going to go outside of the awesome breweries in Salt Lake City next week? 
it's always a question that is on my mind. I don't want to say that I try to schedule, you know, meetings and brewery visits to ensure that I can go see some cool places as well, but I definitely do my best. Thank goodness for these maps. I actually discovered, yeah, a lot of new places uh, that I didn't know existed, but really like the first one that they list on there, like the Antelope Island State Park, I think sounds awesome. You know, I've been meaning to do some more kind of sightseeing out there instead of just on the other side of a bar stool. So I think being able to, uh, you know, kind of walk around and uh, see the beautiful mountainscape and some nature is on my list this time for sure. Molly, I am in love with Salt Lake City. I proposed to my wife just south of there. I had wonderful trips to Salt Lake City. Antelope Island is an absolute highlight of any trip to the state of Utah. For those that don't know, it is the largest population of North American bison left in North America. It's on this island called Antelope Island. It's a state park maintained by the Parks Department of Utah. And when I went there, I had a very large bison, like 20 feet from my little Hyundai Elantra that we rented. And the bison was larger than the car. And I um, have never been more intimidated by an animal that is so docile. They just, they look docile. I mean, don't, please, listeners, folks at home, don't approach bison. Keep your distance. They're giant. That's like basically a a running truck. And uh, I highly, highly recommend renting a car, driving out there. It's it's a bit of a drive from downtown, but it's entirely worth it. I, I love to hear that you brought that up. We didn't plan that at all. That's like literally one of my favorite places in all of Utah. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, it is, it is literally first on my list. I mean, honestly, second is the uh, Lagoon Amusement Park. So, you know, we're going to have to see how much time I have. Can't mess up the roller coaster. It's spooky season. They may have some frightening activities going on. So um, that's going to be number two. Definitely. Awesome. Love getting into spooky season. Fall is my favorite season of the year. And, uh, well, I alluded to bringing a familiar face on to talk about Salt Lake City and their great beer scene. So let's do it. Last week, he said he didn't know what he was going to be doing for Wednesdays this month. So we went ahead and did him a favor, found him something to do this week. Please join us in welcoming friend of the pod, former co-host and official Vegemite aficionado, Isaac Bell. How's it going, Isaac? I got to unmute myself, but I'm here and I'm just super stoked. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I've been biting my tongue for like the last 10 minutes. Don't pet the buffalo. You alluded to people drinking something called the 10 ton truck while they're on a treadmill. Uh, And I want to say to all the people on my treadmills who love the Keller pills, kind of like the East Coast Overcoast. Anyways. Yeah, I like uh, a big fan of the top button you got going on there. Big fan of you coming on to join us and uh yeah great to have you back it's, it's good to be back it, it's good I, I totally unexpected uh this was a complete surprise um and and yeah uh brian i'm glad you said vegemite aficionado uh as well uh finally people are realizing my true claims to fame that's, that's just a subtle shout out to everybody out there if you don't know to all our listeners to everybody that is tuning in i'm half australian i was raised on vegemite uh, as a wee lad, I can remember spreading Vegemite and butter on toast since the age of at least two. It's one of my first memories. 
Um, and I will constantly press Vegemite on anybody and everybody uh, who is willing to listen and try it. And it is absolutely delicious. Um, I recommend that you get out there and, and give it a shot if you haven't. Oh, I have to add it to the list. I did um, just for you today, though, Isaac, I did. Let's see if you could see the uh, my Anthony Bourdain glass for your your meats as well. So, you know, we have all all areas covered for you. Love to see it. Meats and treats. Right. Ooh, meats and treats. But yeah, you know, I mean, since we are uh, here chatting about good old Salt Lake, uh, you know, Isaac also works for the uh, City Brew Tours portion of, of things here. So why don't you just kind of give us a, a little breakdown of what City Brew Tours does? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say it is my sole function uh, as a human being is to literally describe to everybody else and every brewery in America what City Brew Tours actually does. So the long and, and, and short of it is we want to introduce you similar, very, very similar to the BLT podcast. We want to introduce you to a beer scene that you may not be a part of and show it to you like you are complete local. So we'll give everything from three hours to five hour long tours. And people say five hours, that's so long. Uh, it goes like this. It's so quick. And we want to do an educational beer tour. So we want to squash that drunk bus mentality, get a lot of bros out there that are drinking their Natty Lights and, you know, you know, having their Bud Lights and their Millers and their Coors and they're hopping on limos and they're going out and they're getting wasted and having high gravity beers from one stop to the next. We want to squash all of that. We want to give you a full on sensory grained glass experience of what City Brew Tours actually is and show you how beer is made from inception to completion. And along the way, we'll do that in the most comprehensive way that we know how. So we'll take a guide that knows absolutely everything about beer and your local beer scene. They're going to choose those beer for you. They're going to show you the right road. They're going to introduce you to the styles that you wouldn't have had. You're going to have a beer and food pairing along the way. So you're going to try to have beer with food together. It's going to be absolutely smashing. You're not going to know what hit you. You're going to be astounded by the things that you discover that you can actually find a beer that pairs with a salad. Uh, And then we're going to let you have a little bit of free time and then release you back into the wild from whence you came. And we've been able to do this in 16, almost 17 cities across the United States, including Montreal, Canada. Uh, And it's a great way to see a new city. Uh, I've taken our tour in just about every single location that we exist in, and I can't recommend it enough uh, for, you know, a bare minimum of $110, $120. What better way to go to find out, you know, a local beer scene? And RJ just asked, where can we see you? Go to citybrewtours.com. You can literally see every city that we exist in, and you can take the tour. Uh, and I'll just plug this right now before you even take it. We have a frequent flyer card. So if you take our tour in one location and then the next, you just have to call in, make that reservation, and we'll book you on the next tour for a little bit of a discount. Essentially, if you take enough of them, they're free. So keep taking City Brew Tours. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's what we do. So I talked a little bit longer than I would have liked, but back to you, Molly. <laughs> that's no, that was Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> So as Isaac mentioned, uh, City Brew Tours operates in 17 different cities, and uh, Salt Lake City was our our second newest CBT location. And funny enough, every person on this podcast, well, all three of us, not everybody in terms of all the listeners and watchers at home, you're all part of this too. Uh, But the three of us, Isaac, Molly, and I all played some role 
in opening Salt Lake City. So I guess I'll start with with Isaac. What kind of work needed to be done to get tours operational there? And if you want to pass it off to Molly at some point, because she played a big role in getting it opened. And I guess then I'll tell my story. Yeah, hands down, I had the easiest job out of all of you. Um, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Uh, I've got a pretty good life doing what I do. For those of you that don't know, I'm the uh, city brew tours business development manager, uh, which literally means somebody has to go and talk to breweries in new locations and convince them that we are, you know, worthwhile to to work with. And uh, the proof is in the pudding, as I've already said. We have some great partners all across the United States. Uh, Salt Lake City was very, very interesting because it was kind of like a brave new world uh, in opening up what we do out there. So for those of you that are listening at home or those of you that are are tuning into the podcast or our video, Salt Lake City is under a lot of unique laws that are... uh, I don't want to say it primarily cumbersome. by, yeah, they're cumbersome. And it, without beating around the bush, I think a, a lot of it is religion related, if, uh, not tied to the Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormons. So when we go into a brewery or a bar or anywhere, even up until just a couple of years ago, even about half a decade ago uh, in Salt Lake City, they had something called the Zion Curtain. Uh, And that's if you walked into a bar, Brian, and you wanted to order an old fashioned, for example, and we've all done it, right? We've all ordered an old fashioned or cocktail from a bar whiskey um, sour or whiskey sour. Yeah. It's the end of the night. You might be in Burlington, Vermont. You're looking to tie one on Uh, (laughs) whatever it might be. Right. We've all been there before. Right. Trying to order a mixed drink or a cocktail. Uh, And they literally had to go behind a, a barrier, a Zion curtain. Frosted glass. Literal. Yeah. Little curtain there. uh, And distinguish the difference of being there, preparing your drink in front of you and being behind a barrier and and preparing that drink. So I want to say Salt Lake City has really come a long way in in the beer laws and, and, and what they're able to do and to allow us to operate as well. We always play with inside the law and regulations and whatever we're allowed to do. And um, they have a really interesting law. Uh, where you can serve beer in your establishment on a draft line, Uh, but it can only be up to 5%. Uh, So anything over 5%, it's got to come from a bottle or a can, which it really grinds my gears because, you know, if you come into a location and you have to pour a flight, uh, I need to make that happen uh, from a bottle or a can. You're wasting a lot of that. You're pouring four different beers out uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the night, you're either pouring them down the drain or some poor soul is having to drink those beers and not tell anybody about it and then make their way home. Uh, but yeah, Salt Lake presented a unique opportunity with the the beverage laws and the way that we operate, but amazing beer. And like you mentioned, you were the one that went in initially and, and started those relationships. And then Molly, you came along and got it off the ground, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it was... Definitely, um, you know, definitely couldn't have done it without Isaac. But like Isaac, we uh, have an awesome job here. So when I came in, it was mainly to, uh, you know, ensure that the guides on the ground are up to par and enjoying the beer. So same thing, I got to just kind of hang around with some great people and uh, and drink some beer. So um, it was really neat kind of, you know, seeing 
uh, Salt Lake develop that way. It was the first new city that I was able to go in and uh, help open up as well, uh, not coming into, you know, an already established city. And especially with Salt Lake in particular, as, as Isaac alluded to, of just being a little bit more unique in the in the laws that are presented. So this was a really fun opportunity. And it was my first time in Salt Lake when we went to open it. So it was absolutely amazing. Uh, blew me away, definitely surpassed all expectations. And it was it was really great just to see the progress of getting uh, this whole city, you know, up and running and see it come to fruition now and uh, have some uh, have some tours, uh, have some tours going there. So I appreciate both of your modesty, but you're both full of BS because you both helped run press tours to help get the the word out about us. You ran friends and families tours to to show locals and and people that have taken our tours before how it goes and get us good reviews on our business. You both trained three people in like super crunch time and you onboarded a lot of awesome breweries. But let's I mean, let's be real. The 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 lion's share of the credit goes to me. No, I'm just <laughs> No, I can finally talk about this because way way back when those of us those of you that have been BLT subscribers for quite some time remember that we featured Des Moines, Iowa in Omaha, Nebraska way back in uh the late winter and early spring. And how City Brew Tours SLC got a van was that some young gentleman named Brian drove it from Des Moines, Iowa to Salt Lake City. All the way across Wyoming through 65 mile an hour gusts on the highway and eventually made my way to Salt Lake City where I uh, visited Saltfire and a couple other of the breweries that we're featuring later this month. And that vehicle is now comfortably running tours on a weekly basis in Salt Lake. And uh, I'm, I'm joking. I played, a, I played a little bit of a role. I don't I can't take the lion's share of the credit. I, I got the van there. Molly and Isaac did the rest and now our awesome guides out in Salt Lake City are leading those tours for our awesome guests. That is true. I mean, it's my personal, it's my personal favorite van. So, you know, really couldn't have done mm. it without you, Brian. It's really all it is. It is an exceptional van. It really is. I also think you're underplaying that, Brian. <laughs> it's you a know, long drive. Because because I yeah, it not only not only is this a long drive and and the average you know tour goer will not know this information. So BLT is getting a little sneak preview to sort of what really happens behind the scenes. Uh, but I hopped in that van after Brian left it in uh, in Salt Lake City for me. Uh, it probably sat there for about a month before I was able to get to it. And I will tell you that that van had no power steering. Um, and I don't know how long Brian had operated it that way. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah, I had to get the power steering <laughs> pump replaced on that. Uh, and I actually got... I didn't notice! I got stuck in a, uh, in a drive-around Starbucks location. And for those of you that have never been in such a terrifying position as to have been stuck in a Starbucks drive through uh, in front of thousands of other people in the morning that want their coffee in a 15-passenger van without power steering, it is absolute chaos. I don't recommend it to anybody. It didn't take long before I was like, I am not driving that van until we take it into a shop. Uh, that happened very quickly. Um, but this yeah, my favorite part of the story. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you knew about that or not, but they know me well with the Starbucks in Salt Lake city. 
uh, well, since we have the van there now to uh, bring guests to all these awesome breweries, uh, Isaac, what breweries are we going to in uh, in Salt Lake? Yeah, absolutely. So there are so many breweries that we could go to, and there's so many breweries that we could choose from. Uh, and we've gone, in my opinion, and selected some of the most elite breweries that we could possibly work with across the board. So I know that right now, tonight, you guys are having some beer from Saltfire Brewing Company obviously a part of our tours that we have there. Uh, right down the road from them, we work with a company, a brew house that's one of my personal favorites there called Level Crossing Brewing Company. Absolutely fantastic. We work with a place called Hopkins Brewing Company also uh, in like a strip mall, make great beer, do a lot of home brew. Uh, we work with um, the Wilder Brewing Company, two guys that owned a homebrew store and then decided to open up their own actual brewery because they saw everybody else around them doing it. Um, also making delightful, fantastic beer. Uh, and then last but not least, we work with one of the powerhouses of the area, uh, Uinta Brewing Company. Um, I'd be remiss to leave them off uh, and looking to add more. If anybody is listening, if anybody's in Salt Lake or has Salt Lake connections, uh, we want to be a part of it all. So uh, coming from a guy that definitely goes in and talks to the breweries, if you have any connections or you want to make it happen, we'd love to make them part of the tours. You know, we work with breweries as big as Uintas, Sam Adams across the board, um, as small as one barrel systems where you're like, what are you even doing here? But also I'm going to talk about you for the rest of my life. Just to pop into the chat really quick, I feel remiss for not mentioning this earlier. Shout out to Pat for pointing out it is National Beer Lovers Day. So cheers oh, to man. the beer lovers cheers, at guys. home. And also Chad in the chat, Chad in the chat. That that can be difficult to say. Go to Starbucks order, Isaac. I, I'm guessing you ordered a lot while you were sitting there holding holding up the line and, and irritating every uh, caffeine deprived person. This is probably one of those things where uh, I think Molly and I actually became like real friends because every morning I was like, Molly, what do you want from Starbucks? I'm going. She was like, I'm jet lagged. And I was like, I'm not. I've been here for a while. Perfect partnership. For yeah, me. I yeah. got to sleep. I woke up, had a coffee. Like I'll open any city with Isaac anytime. Yeah, it was great. It was good. I, I was, by the way, just exhausted and tired all the time. Uh, I spent most of my time in that Starbucks line with no power steering. Uh, my go-to Starbucks order, uh, this will surprise most of you, uh, is probably a skinny vanilla latte. Uh, I'd love the taste of fake sugar. Okay. Molly? Honestly, I don't want to sound like I'm copying, but 100% uh, same skinny vanilla latte, but with an extra shot of espresso and some almond milk because I'm a millennial, I have to add some fancy stuff in there, you know. Okay, well, I will go complete opposite of fake sugar and everything. I go the largest uh, Americano they have. Some of the places have the the Trent tea, which is like the thirty ounce. I will I will drink that and then annoy everyone around me with my energy. Um, but I'll settle for a venti Americano. Got to get that espresso. So. In that fabled journey that I took from Des Moines, Iowa, all the way across the Midwest and into the mountain time zone into Salt Lake City, I actually stopped at Salt Fire. As soon as I dropped off the van, went to Salt Fire, and they had a cat hanging out inside the tap room, which I thought was just awesome. Like, yo, what's up, cat? I'm coming here to get some beers. You know, I, I stuck my fist out. The cat fist bumped me. It was really cool. Molly and Isaac, what's the coolest thing that you've ever seen? in a tap room? I mean, I'm, I have three cats at home. Like I'm such a sucker for cats. So, um, the brewery cat at salt fire, his name is Mr. Zwickle. 
and he's definitely uh, just a majestic creature. And <laughs> I think that he he's probably the best thing that I have seen in a brewery thus far. There was another great one. Um, Isaac, you're going to have to remind me of the name, but a brewery cat from the former Three Stars in Washington, D.C., what Nigel, yet another amazing brewery cat. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, hardcore shout out to Nigel there. Yeah, Nigel is pretty fantastic. We've got Harvey as well, which is the Hellbender brewer cat. Mr. Zwickle, I'm enamored with, not because of the fact that one, he's named Mr. Zwickle. By the way, if anybody's out there and you're interested in this cat, you can go to Instagram if you're a big Instagrammer. You can follow yeah. him at Mr. Zwickle, the Saltfire Cat. And we're just, just giving pictures. plugs for this cat. I know. They, like, and that's the thing. Like I talked to, I taught. So when I, when Who's I was listening at this point, we're just talking about a cat. At a brewery. When, I, when I opened up salt fair, Ryan was like, everybody just cares about the cat. Like they don't give a shit about what we're doing here. It's the cat. He was like, it's Mr. Zwickle, the salt fire cat. He's got more followers than the actual brewery does. Just follow him, like tag along, do it. Um, it's fantastic. So Zwickle, for those of you that don't know out there, it, this is a brilliant name for a cat and let alone a brewery cat. Um, it's the uh, the valve off the side of a fermenter. And it really makes sense when you talk about something called Zwickle beer, if you've ever had one of those before, um, which translates as a uh, it's literally an unfiltered, unpasteurized lager that comes off the side of a fermenter. Uh, there's also something called a Keller beer, which I'm sure a lot of you listeners have had as well, uh, which translates to cellar beer, which uh, keeps track with the lager theme um, and Mr. Zwickle, the Saltfire cat uh, as well. It's it's pretty fantastic. And this cat like recognized me in between, you know, uh, like probably three months of being there. And I came back and I swear to God, that cat knew who I was. He looked into my soul. He was like, yeah, I remember you. You were fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, that that was super interesting. Uh, other than like other places, I've been to a, I've been to a lot of breweries uh, in my time, and it's always the animals that I remember. I've uh, got a cool animal, pinball machines. You know, any kind of gaming is always fun. Well, now you're just naming like general things that are in yeah, just like every, every tap <laughs> you just room like tap every brewery has yeah. You know, I'm like, well, they had giant Jenga and Edison light bulbs and, uh, <laughs> and, a, and a chalkboard menu. Yeah, and a chalkboard menu. Soup of the day was whiskey. Brian, have you seen anything cooler than a uh, brewery cat? What's the craziest thing you've seen? I mean, I love the slide at New Belgium. That's a very cool thing inside of a brewery. It's not technically inside the tap room, so maybe that doesn't count. Um, so we've seen giant Jenga and stuff like that but at a phenomenal brewery in Denver called Bierstadt, they have giant connect four. It's Ooh. like literally life-size, like, like as tall as I, I'm six foot two. I swear that the, the connect four thing was almost as tall as me. And uh, that was very cool to, to match their the we giant got boots, boots there. Yeah. Yeah. We got, yeah. we got, what were they? Two liter boots of, of Hellas Lager. All I remember is that was the last time a beer tender or server was unimpressed with me um, as they'll probably ever get because the, the boots there are so large. They're literally glass like cowboy boots. 
And uh, when they give them to you, they take your ID um, and you can only get them upstairs because they're scared that you're going to steal the boot, which is a valid concern. You know, people are trash. I get it. One hundred percent. And I made the joke like just off the cuff to the the beer tender or server that came in. They said, we're going to need your ID on top of like a deposit. Like I was buying a house uh, on this two liter boot. Uh, and I was like, oh, these boots were made for walking, which, you know, Brian and I both got a huge chuckle out of. And they were like, we hear no, we that no, 10 times. In the- yeah. I mean, now I'm actually questioning if that giant connect four was six foot two or if you guys just saw it was that big. you were on the it was ground, big. you know, I, I mean, I don't, I, mean, I don't know which way. Yeah, we were we were toasting. Yeah, yeah. It. No, it uh, was big. I will. I will vouch. And so was the, the gigantic boot of a beer. Well, speaking of toast. Should we get into this other one? This other, the uh, the dirty chai? I think we should. This beer is literally made with everything and the kitchen sink. I even have a special glass for it today. I love that. Well, you all are pouring. I'll just I'll just go ahead and tell you that this was like this was a fan favorite of the guides in, in Salt Lake City. I didn't have anything to do with this decision. They literally just like saw on the menu while we were doing some training. Molly can probably attest to this. And they're like, what's that dirty chai? Like, that sounds great. Can can we give that to them? And I'm like, yeah, it's in the price point. Like, go nuts. Uh, and I think that they never stopped. Like, they've just been giving dirty chai uh, to, oh God. to all the guests and all the tours. That is so good. Uh, so this is a coffee stout uh, that is made with Maris Otter, Crystal 80, chocolate, pale chocolate, special bee, and roasted barley malts. Additionally, it is made with specialty ingredients, lactose, ginger, black pepper, cinnamon, green cardamom, nutmeg, clove, coffee beans, and then your typical yeast, water, and hops. A lot going on in this beer, but it presents as a very like unified thing. You know, it, it comes together to make a, a cohesive, amazingly drinkable 6.7% stout. The drinkability on this is because I, I go back and forth on my stouts. I really do. Sometimes they're a bit too heavy for me. Um, but yeah, with this one, you can pull out each and every one of those flavors and I can easily drink another two to five of these. So this is very good. Chat is blowing up. Loving it. Friend of the pod and producer Laura loves it. Matt, both beers. Awesome tonight. RJ. Wow. Jonathan. Amazing aroma. Brian. Complex and amazing. <laughs> But yeah, this is unbelievable the way this comes together. So this beer has a lot going on. Isaac, you're a home brewer. What's the most ingredients that you've ever put into a beer? And is there a limit? <laughs> yeah, 100%. There, there is a limit. And I, I just, I want to give a quick plug for, for Saltfire. And I know I talked about them, them earlier. They specialize in high point beer. Um, and we talked a little bit about the, you know, the rules and the regulations in, in Salt Lake City. Uh, so anything 5% or above needs to come from a bottle or a can, which is where all their beers really reside. So what you're drinking tonight 
uh, obviously outside the realm of uh, the 5% or under. Uh, so they do have the draft lines that are in the brewery, uh, but they don't utilize them. They're, they're sitting there dead and they just make this high point beer, uh, which is a part of everything that they do. Um, so when we go there, it's primarily on 5% or above beers, which we don't really focus at anywhere else that we go to in Salt Lake City yet, or at least at this point in time. So that's a really big part of our tours there. Now, speaking as a home brewer, yeah, I, I do brew a lot. I'm also a little bit of a, a homebody brewer, which is the best probably way to describe that. I've been brewing the same beer, the same recipe for the better part of a decade, uh, which I know, love and understand and can brew in my eyes closed, uh, which is a, a cream ale. I found that most people uh, generally will gravitate towards that because it's, you know, there's not a lot of hops in there. It's usually a sweeter beer. There's a, a huge corn bill as part of that recipe. It's just an easy drinker. So for people that come over, I normally drink Rhine or I like Bud Light or Coors or whatever, you know, I can give them a cream ale and tell them to shut the hell up and just enjoy it. And usually they will. Uh, and they'll be okay. And before I know it, I'm kicking kegs, which is great. I love that problem. Whenever I get into, so I, I laughed because you asked the question, uh, going back to, is there too much? Can you add too much into it? Sometimes I'm creative, um, but when I don't know what I'm doing, I always look for some guidelines and some recipes. And usually I refer to the World Wide Web for that, which, as we know, is a very dangerous place for recommendations. Uh, if you don't know at least a baseline of what you should be looking for, I made, and to my embarrassment, an IPA that probably had like 10 different hops in it somewhere along the lines. Looking back now, like it was just, it was so expensive. It probably cost me like a hundred dollars to make five gallons of at home. It was, uh, and I couldn't tell you where those hop varietals came in, like what flavors played in, what bitterness is played in, like where each one really had an effect. It just kind of felt like throwing the kitchen sink into it to make it work. Some of the best IPAs I've had have been three hop editions, uh, you know, our classic triple C, you know, your centennial, um, your just, just ordinary American hops. Like you don't need to get crazy with it. Yeah. And if you do, you know, yeah, good luck, but like, it, it's kind of the same thing with any kind of hobby or anything that you do. If you make too many changes at the same time or too many adjustments, you don't know really what you're fixing or what you're doing uh, and creating. It's better to start simple and then build your way up. So yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. There's a limit. Let's take a beer break. Back on episode 49 of this show, we talked about Peppy, the fabled monster of Lake Pepin in Minnesota. And you've probably heard of the Loch Ness Monster, but did you know that the Great Salt Lake also has its own fabled lake legend, the North Shore Monster? Reportedly in the summer of 1877, several employees of the Barnes & Co. Salt Works Company reported seeing a large creature with the head of a horse and a crocodile-like body swimming in the Great Salt Lake. The creature made an angry bellowing noise and reportedly charged the workers, causing them to hide in the bushes from the monster until morning. Uh, while some say it was probably just a bison in the water, uh, the legend of the North Shore monster continues to this day. Now, let's get back to the show. I haven't stopped thinking about bison since we've started this <laughs> podcast. So um, I'm really going to switch gears on everyone here. And now that I will be in Salt Lake next week, thinking about all the beautiful nature I'm going to see, 
you guys have a favorite national park or anything additional that I should add to the list, check on out. What national parks do you guys like? Well, I I'm going to be very upfront and admit that I have not seen a lot of national parks, uh, especially on the, the West Coast, as much as I would have liked to. So Salt Lake City is actually the gateway for uh, so many national parks on that side. But for me personally, I'd love nothing more than to rent like a Jeep or like some sort of teardrop camper or something like an off-road with. Uh, I really want to hit Zion National Park. You're not too far away from the Grand Canyon, which is, you know, America's national treasure. You are so close to Grand Teton, the Canyonlands, Bryce Canyon, the Arches, Yellowstone, the Rocky Mountains, you know, Brian is a lot more versed and I think the national parks around there, but this is like my wish list of all the places that I want to go. Well, you've been to the national mall. That's a national park. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They didn't like that. I brought a teardrop camper down there with an F-150. It's frowned upon when you're in Washington, D.C. Don't recommend it. I suggest you stick to an e-bike or a scooter. That's great. Brian, what about you? You have a favorite, favorite park? I'm seeing if my wife was here. So if I don't say the park that I, I proposed to my wife in Arches <laughs> National Park. So I, I'm probably supposed to say That's that. favorite. Yep. But the Grand Canyon is like, it takes your breath away when you see it. When you step to the edge there for the first time and you can you see how expansive and just vast it is. It's unbelievable. Everybody should go to the Grand Canyon once in their life, you know pull an April and Andy and, and steal your mom's car and, and drive there from Pawnee, Indiana and uh, <laughs> make it to the Grand Canyon in the chat. Chad is asking which rim I've only been to the South rim. Cause I've always come from Sedona in Arizona going North to the Grand Canyon. But you know, if you're in Salt Lake, if you're in Las Vegas, you can make it to the North rim. It's a bit of a haul from Salt Lake arches and Moab which is the town that's right near Arches and Canyonlands and Bryce Canyon is about four hours south of Salt Lake. And then I think another four hours from there is the Grand Canyon. So it's a bit of a haul from uh, Salt Lake, but it is so worth it. Well, I'll be putting in my uh, my formal travel extension request by tomorrow then specifically so I can go check that out, check it off the list. That's great. So we've talked a lot about the beer in Salt Lake City, but let's go around the room here to wrap up. What's something about the city that we each wish was more well known? Isaac? Yeah, I mean, I think I have an answer right off the bat. My first time in Salt Lake was really during the the pinnacle of of COVID. uh, And it was almost as it didn't exist uh, out there because there were so many people just clamoring to go to the bars and the restaurants that were outside. Uh, It was like stepping into an entirely different scene coming from, from those of you that don't remember I'm in Washington, DC. And it was just wild. The bars were packed that, you know, the doors were open to every restaurant, like, you know, garage doors or barn doors or anything. It was, there were standing room only all the tables were filled. The foodie scene there is fantastic. There's, uh, this is not my scene, but there's a great vegan scene there, which I found out about from a couple of friends. There is a really cool, we pick up and drop off at, at Evo Hotel uh, in Salt Lake City, which is this Very really cool awesome 
Uh, yeah, it's a great hotel. It's just a bunch of skater bros and like ski bunnies and people that, you know, that there's a there's literally a, a skating ramp indoors behind the, the check in uh, at the desk there. You know, they sell those five thousand dollar mountain bikes, you know, behind and they're like what is the equivalent of an REI. But the food, the food and beer, the beer scene is amazing. So like even though you can only sell uh, low point beer on draft. Uh, so that's anything 5% or, or below. Uh, I think that's really made a lot of brewers become better and what they have to do and really challenge their craft uh, to be able to make beers at such a low ABV uh, or volume. I don't think we've said it yet, but that law just changed. It was three, two before yeah, that's yeah. correct. Three two was the max. Three point two yeah. ABV was the max that you could serve on draft. So, like they say, the the comfort range for brewers is in between four and seven percent. It's like pretty simple to brew yeah. good beers and ferment good beers within four to seven percent. You go above seven, or you go below four, it becomes very difficult to nail in flavor profiles correct. and get body to the beer. And that's like you said, that's just a testament to what the SLC breweries have done. Yeah, let me take back everything that I just told you and say that that is what I wish they were more well known for. <laughs> you can't. Um, that's a cop out. No, Wait, I do. The question do. is specifically other than the beer scene. <laughs> no, no, the beer scene. That's it. I want them to be known All right. for the beer scene. That's amazing. Like it really is. Okay, I I don't I won't hold that against you, Molly. Your answer. Yeah, well, obviously agreeing with you know everything that Isaac said, and I just truly think that there's there's something for everyone. The beer and food scene is exploding. Obviously the, uh, any sort of winter activity that you would want to do can be found there and plentiful if you will. But yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned the Evo hotel, like in that hotel alone, it's a hotel. They are building a mountain climbing range in the back. They have an indoor skate park. Uh, you can literally just walk around, you know, last time I was there, I walked around for like a good, just like five miles on, you know, a day that like I had nothing going on and really, truly anywhere that you go, there is, there is something for everyone. And then on top of that, I think, you know, people alluded to it in the chat here, but you're surrounded by, I mean, just this beautiful landscape that, uh, it's, it it really is just an awesome, awesome place. Blew away all my expectations. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Just standing in Salt Lake and looking at the mountains all around you. The thing that impressed me the most about the city, and I think something that definitely makes tourists and travelers feel comfortable, it is far and away the cleanest, most comfortable city I have ever been in. My wife and I walked around at 11 o'clock at night down streets with no uh, streetlights. There wasn't trash on the street. It was we felt safe. We felt comfortable. It was beautiful. They have this beautiful outdoor mall right by where we were staying. It is a pristine, beautiful city. And I don't know how many people realize like just how nice of a city it is. And then there's all the things to do. You know, there's skiing, there's mountain biking, there's a hotel with a skate park inside of it and a rock wall behind it. And there's an amazing, amazing beer scene. I thought I was going to spend, you know, five days there being ready to convert to Mormonism. Troy in the chat, lots of dinosaur stuff, too. If you're a big dinosaur fan like my daughter, you will love Salt Lake City, too. Me and your daughter get along very well. Yeah, I feel I realize it's a kind of sounds shitty. Hey, if you like dinosaurs like my toddler, go check, go check out Salt Lake City. Dinosaurs are cool for everyone. Dinosaurs are awesome. That's correct. 
let's let's yeah. bring this let's let's write yeah. the ship before we get out, out of here isaac one more time can you tell the folks where they can book a tour with the wonderful city brew tours yeah 100 uh so not just for salt lake city but for any of the places that we operate you can find us at citybrewtours.com uh select a city you'll see all the 17 places that we operate in uh, i'd love for you to see us in salt lake city but don't forget we're in other places all across america also, don't forget, we have a frequent flyer card. So if you've taken a tour in any of our other cities, do go ahead and call in that booking and you will get a discount for every tour that you take. And so, like I said, eventually they're almost free. Not quite, but close enough. Yeah. And that's how you can get a tour with us. Thanks. Great plug. Isaac, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Molly, thanks for, for co-hosting. I am excited to do three more episodes with you this month. I am very excited. This was this was great. Already looking forward to next week when I will be in Salt Lake. So uh, this will be great. It's going to be a fun time. And I think the first time we're going to have a co-host or a host joining us from the actual city we are featuring. So we'll get you to like look out the window and be like, hey, look, there's Salt Lake. And we'll, we'll you give us an in-person description. Ryan, can I do one more plug? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug, 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 plug. Yeah, yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't do this. So everywhere has a great beer scene. Uh, Every place, every place in America right now, you could throw a stone, you hit a great craft brewery that you love to go to. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that City Brew Tours is a franchisable model. Uh, So if you want to bring a City Brew Tours to your local town or to your local city or to your location, or maybe even a place that is really beer centric that you care about and you love, you might want to be your own boss. You might want to open up your own City Brew Tours. uh, You can check us out at citybrewtours.com slash franchising. uh, And you can also find us there and as our good friend chad is reminding us you can check out isaac on untaps travel show hosted by our friend kenny gold it's called next exit and isaac's episode premieres on the 13th of september this this month podcast next next tuesday yeah podcast listeners it came out yesterday it it came out yesterday go out and find it It, it's already passed you up great way to kick off (laughs) our episodes on Salt Lake City. Thank you to Saltfire Brewing for providing awesome beers for this episode. You can find more from them at saltfirebrewing.com. If you want to further support Brews Less Traveled, please consider joining the beer club at bruvana.com. That's how we keep the lights on here. And you'll get amazing beers shipped directly to you each month. And then you can also join the stream every week and, you know, heckle me from the chat drink these beers along with us and get to enjoy great guests like Isaac and some of the wonderful brewery owners, brewers, and brewery industry folks that we have coming on later this month. We'll be back next week with our next featured Salt Lake City Brewery. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.